Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. Detroit is different, back in full effect. We definitely talk in community. We talk in ideas, visions, future, but more so, we talk in my neighborhood right now. Jeff Jones, my Clements neighbor, is right now stepped into a role of leadership. We talking about CEO, President, Hope Village Revitalization. First off, congratulations. Thank you. And along with the congratulations, man, what is it like to actually be leading a community development corporation, actually live in the community there? Well, man, first let me say what up, though, to everybody (laughs) out there checking in on us. Yeah. And I mess, man, to say it simply, I'm living the dream. That's beautiful. You know, I heard somebody say one time, when you love what you're doing, it's never work. (laughs) And so I've been living here doing this thing I call living in my community in Hope Village all my life. Yeah. And to now be blessed with this opportunity, I mean, it's it's a miracle that I can touch, that I can feel, and that I'm living every single day, man. This is blessings is not even a big enough word to describe the feeling I'm having right now. Well, it's dope. I, I'm a I'm a board member. You you were at one point in time leading the board. I'm a board member of Hope Village and as yeah. you were going through the interviews, I was like, I wonder how's Jeff going What's going to happen? Well, Jeff, and it's, and it's so strange that, like, when we talk community, the first thing we think is money. It's like, right. will Jeff be able to raise the, to do the projects, to engage the community? And then you came in with proposals, ideas, that spirit, the the the, the Jeff of it, um, your nature, and, and really the optimism of, of making sure that, like, look, this is the plan. This is the locomotive. People going to get on this train. Because we on the track, so we rolling with it. Absolutely, man. And I mean, this neighborhood has always been about surpassing expectations. Mm. You know, you can go all the way back to 67. You know, mm. we were dealt, you know, the left hook of all left hooks. You know, the money, the stability that was here just left. Yeah. And, you know, we were left to reinvent our neighborhood with less than nothing sometimes. And yet here we are. Over 50-some years later, on a resurgence in this same space. And like you, when I first thought about, can I raise this money? You know, I looked at myself, looked at myself in the mirror, and, you know, I had some doubts. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm like, are these foundations going to give money to somebody that looks like me? Mm-hmm. That sometimes likes to say, you know, shit. Up, you know, mm-hmm. don't mind. Sometimes you see me at the liquor store. You might catch yeah. me in the lottery line. Are they gonna want to fund somebody like me? Mm-hmm. Now looked at myself again. I said, "Well, ain't no need to shy away from it. That's who you are. You be authentic. God put you on this earth to be who you are. And the fact that you're still here means He's got something for you to do." And so I said, "I'm gonna take this challenge up. I'm not gonna run from it." Because I started looking back over my own life, Kari, you know, and I'm like, I've been in this game now for over 30 years. That's uh, that's powerful. And, 
even I didn't want to acknowledge it. I think I'm still a young cat, but I'm like, <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. All over the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. east side, west side, southwest Detroit. And you've, and you've worked with some of the, I guess, the giants in the world. I don't know if people know this, but Detroit, just due to the nature of having so many black folks, mm-hmm. is... It's a hub for so much nonprofit community engagement work, meaning that like cohorts of of groups come to Detroit and study universities, study like how engagement happens all around the city of Detroit. And and it's it's happening before our eyes. And I know a lot of people would be like, "Okay, how is that all happening? Under the shadows of Detroit being looked at as so dilapidated, so so under resourced, so uh, so depressed, suppressed, and all of this. But in a lot of these stories, mm-hmm. that there is a, a strand of truth. It's also other narratives of how community is organizing, how community mm-hmm. does engage. You, uh, you, I mean, the term they use is resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say we just tough like that. Yeah. That's that Detroit grit. You know, you might be down today, but Lord knows I'm not going to be down tomorrow. And it's that determination that gets you up every morning. You're going to keep on that grind because what happened to me yesterday does not dictate what my today or my tomorrow is going to be. You talked about the different cohorts I've been a part of when I was working with Next Detroit. I was there at the beginning of this thing we call now the urban farming movement. Mm-hmm. What it was, it was neighbors who had vacant land and lots near their cribs, and they decided we need to do something positive with it. Whether it's planting some trees, growing grapes, crops, fruits, vegetables, whatever it was, you took something that the outside world said is a negative, and you turned it into a positive. Mm-hmm. And the whole world started beating their way to Detroit. Look at this. Acres and acres of food. People tried to label us a food desert. I had never even heard the term food desert. But I'm in Hope Village. I walk out my back door. I had two supermarkets within feet from my house. Don't call my neighborhood a food desert. Mm-hmm. I'm growing fresh produce in my yard, in my neighbor's yard. We got a farmer's market in Hope Village that operates every Wednesday. We're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. We never let the outside narrative dictate what we did here in Hope Village. And so when it comes to the money, I'm not scared because I know that the dollars will go because our cause is righteous. Mm -hmm. We're about helping the people who live here, who grew up here, still reside. We ain't trying to move. We're not trying to get that check cashed and go across eight miles. We're going to be here for the duration. And guess what? I'm seeing new people moving into our community. We we definitely are. Like, I mean— you know, and you're my neighbor for real. Like when I say like neighbor, like I could if I if my car needed a boost, I could really call Jeff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I could walk down to his house like, hey, I need a jump. Like that that's yeah. how close Bet. it my block. But so like we're watching and witnessing as it's surprising to most people when they come over here for my lot of studio project with Detroit mm-hmm. is different. Where I say, like, yo, it, it, it's a white family here, not like a white dude, like <laughs> a white family, meaning mom, dad, two kids. See. It, you know, on the house on the corner next door to the house of the house that seems to always get broken into where people 
take from or squat and, and we you know we figure out our ways to lock up the 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 door I, I mean this is this is living in Detroit you 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 <laughs> have your own ways of figuring out ways to lock spaces that need to be locked that's right you know where you need to this sounds crazy you need to lock a door from the inside and then still figure out how to get out the property come on you better so talk that nobody about can it. get in that property that's right this is a whole like as we say like a, a a neighborhood industry, you know what yes, I'm saying? It is. A, a, a neighborhood cottage industry that does exist in neighborhoods like ours. But even next door to that, you have, as they say, it's like surprising. It's like, man, a white family moved in there. It's a, it's a, in, in, it's, it's other uh, white families moving into our own neighborhood, and this is shocking and surprising because when you look at the footprint of mm. our neighborhood, you wouldn't think that this would be happening. So then people are like, is it gentrification? Are they taking over? Da, 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 da. And it's like, look. If you're on page with the momentum of where things are going to go, and sure. as long as the agendas of the legacy Detroiters are, 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 are not going to be suppressed, you need to join as you come into this neighborhood and get on train of where the locomotive is moving. And that's what's even so encouraging. I was in the hardware store last Saturday. Mm. You know, busy day in the hardware store. Four people in front of me. Mm -hmm. Three of them were my white brothers and sisters. Mm. I had never seen that. And I've been in this neighborhood over 50 years. Yeah. I'd never seen it. Yep. I was at the market this afternoon, and a young white couple walked in. And what was strange when I noticed when they walked out, the more masculine figure was a member of the LGBT community, mm -hmm. which if you ain't from this neighborhood, you'll know how shocking, how, how rare that is to see someone from that community expressing their true self out in the open. Mm -hmm. So that's telling me that I think our message, our story is going beyond just the traditional outlets. It's mm -hmm. folks hearing about us in places you never would have thought of. Definitely. And, and it's, and, and then you, for the people that even come for the farmer's market or a mm -hmm. lot of studio, uh, connect to, you know, our, our great library. It's so many assets over here. Yeah. They're shocked and surprised. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, as I always say with most Detroit stuff, if you want to get on some street stuff, it's a lot of that industry over here, too. But mm. I would say that industry is prevalent in America. Yes. I'm pretty sure if I went to Farmington and I wanted to get in some street industry, the black collar industry, I would find a way and gateway there. But it's it's only if you engage and touch base in that world, you know. Right. But in, in reality, that same that that same uh, th that that world of us looking like we're neglected, you know, yeah. the blight has gone down so much. I mean, That's it was right. a point in time where my live service drive, I would say maybe at least maybe three times a month, it would mm. be some abandoned, burned out vehicle. Yeah, and that's not a us thing. Yes, That's right. an outside entities coming here, looking at our neighborhood. It's like this is a place where you can take the strip vehicle, burn it out and just drop it off the service drive across from where a lot of studio is. A lot of studios changing some of that perspective. Yes. Where farmers, where the, where the farmer's market is, the Cool Cities Park at one point in time before Cool Cities Park, that was like a corridor for other street activity. Whereas now right. it's completely changed the perspective of like, okay, nah, we got to take this blocks 
over other places because that that those same activities aren't going to be what's welcome next to a, a park space that we right. know that the community is going to engage in a, a farmer's market that's going to engage like it we have witnessed a, mm. a a a a changing of even the way that our community engages mm -hmm. uh with one another and then where certain things happen, where it's like, okay, this is just not even necessarily welcome over here no more. So right. we need to take that other places. That's community. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, if you were in the black collar industry and you were in all your and you depended solely on black customers, you'd be out of business. Mm -hmm. You need some of that money from outside your community coming in. Mm -hmm. We know it. We see who the customers are. Yeah. But community is when I'm out. In East Point, I might like to do that thing, but I know I can't cop in East Point. Yeah. I got to go into a neighborhood yeah. where that's a lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's community. They still getting high. They just do it behind closed doors. Yep. You know, they still steal cars out there, but they dump them in our community. Yes. They get the benefit of low insurance rates, yeah. but because the car is dumped in my neighborhood, I got to pay four mm -hmm. times the rate that they do. Yeah. See, but here in Hope Village, we are redefining community because we're saying, hey, we know you're doing that type of business, but this ain't that area anymore. Yeah. It's a new day in Hope Village. Where Cool Cities Park is, yeah, that was the stroll. Mm -hmm. In our younger days, man, you could ride up and down Oakman and see everything. And that's what that's he he. So the stroll, if you're if you're unfamiliar, <laughs> as I said, this is a lot of black collar stuff. So whether that be uh, drugs, prostitution, gambling, uh, basically a lot of a lot of things that basically you know is is nighttime would fall, yeah. you know you know, and, and even certain portions of Linwood, and sure. a lot of that activity is not. It, it just like it's, it's no space or place for that anymore because, you know, it's like, OK, we don't want to necessarily deal with the hindrance of mm. of the other activities, the other people that are in this space anymore. Like it's 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 a hindrance to our business. So that black collar industry is moving in other communities. You're right. Just like Detroit is different. Mm -hmm. You're doing a new thing here and it's not conducive to have a crack house operate next door to you on full yeah. bang. Yeah. You know, if you got a cool city's park and and a, and a, and a farmer's market, yeah. you know, it's not cool to have the women of the evening hocking their wares outside, you know, your gate. Yeah. So it's a new day here in Hope Village. And so we as community are coming together saying, okay, in love, mind you, my brother, my sister, you're going to have to move this someplace else with that activity but you're more than welcome to come and engage with yes. the work and the community yes. stuff we got going because you're right. still a part of our community Absolutely. you recognize that like you're doing something that ain't necessarily a space and place for it here now right. but at the same time because you're a part of our community you're more than welcome to engage in the farmer's market and what we're doing with a lot of studio and what we're doing with uh repairing the homes of the of, of the houses over here i mean there's so many gutters porches uh windows that have been repaired and connected to hope village that's powerful Man, you walk, you drive up and down the streets of Hope Village, you see contractors' trucks and Home Depot delivery trucks dropping off, you know, plywood for new roofs. And mm -hmm. the energy that you feel and you can see it, people getting new windows in their yeah. houses. You know, I've seen places that windows been busted out for decades. Yeah. And now they're getting new coats of paint, new yeah. gutters.
And there's a new pride on these blocks. Yeah. So that's what comes with it. Once the good starts happening, you pile on yeah. all of these different resources. So if you might be challenged with that, you know, uh, that habit you don't want to talk about, but that's all right because we're going to love on you. We got providers in our community that will help you get away from that, that habit you're trying to kick. We're going to love on you, connect you with other institutions that are going to help you find a job, get you a new training, get you a new skill, get you into a house, yeah. get you off the street. Mm-hmm. This is what community is all about. It's about loving and protecting and nurturing each other from our babies to our oldest person living in the neighborhood. That's why I feel so blessed and fortunate to be in this position because it's home. And let's talk about that. So your vision for 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 your role and, and even more so than your role. Let's just talk about what what's your what's your as they always say like what's your five year plan? Like <laughs> what is your plan for Hope Village? What would you like to see? You know I would like to give you one of those, you know, cookie-cutter statements that, yes, by 2025, <laughs> we will be this and that yes, and the exactly. third. <laughs> and we're going to do all of that. Every person will be able to fly and, and, and yes. see through. Uh, every person will be Superman, you know. Absolutely. But what I will tell you that my vision is for Hope Village is that this will be, not that it's not already, but this will be a community where, any person, I don't care about your skin color, how much money you got in your pocket. If you live in this community, the sky is the limit. Yeah. We're going to have the best educational institutions from the schools to the nursery schools to the daycare to the job centers. We're going to have those resources here available to you in your community that will take you wherever your heart desires for you to go. Hmm. It's about self-determination. I spoke about food deserts. I want to see healthier food options in our community. God knows I love a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. But a Big Mac could kill me if I eat it every day. You got that right. So we want to change that narrative that, hey, why can't we have a Whole Foods over here, even though I don't shop at Whole Foods, it's too expensive for me. But why can't we have that organic, healthy, black-owned food co-op here in our community? Yeah. Why can't we? Yeah. Why can't we figure out a way that we bring more local farmers to our farmer's market and bring more people interested in getting some of that good produce to our farmer's market? It's about telling this dynamic story about Hope Village. It's an amazing place. I'm sure you already know because you live here. Yeah, I mean, the people are blown away all the time when they come here for the first time. They're like, damn, you got all of this stuff here? And, he, and I'm like, yeah. And I know the people in the hood. And, and, and it's dynamics of it in my neighborhood. Um, yeah. It's dynamics of it that, that play out differently. It, right. it impacts the way that my, my worldview. And I also am, am very cognizant of the fact that if I weren't in a community like this, I would not be able to function the way that yes. I can creatively. Because I can try projects like a lot of studio. I can have this, like, even right now, if I was downtown Detroit and, and pulling off the interviews that I pull off, I know that first off, because a lot of my guests are, are black folks and God knows black men just coming downtown, mm. walking in one of them properties. When we when we do I do interviews all the time, possibly early morning, late at night. You know, that's a different onboarding 
of yes. what would function. Why are you down here? You know, yeah. you got to show stuff. I got to go open the door and everything. Like, people are even surprised. They Most times, like, you walked up. I leave yeah. my front door open yeah. for my interview guests to come in. And it's like, wow, with all this stuff, it's like, yeah, because I know my neighbors. And, Car, I'm the same way. My neighbors know I've got an open door policy because mm-hmm. I've always been that neighbor and my father was that neighbor before me. If there's an issue on the block, they bring it to me. I don't know. I, I don't have a magic wand, but I, but I do know that they come to me and I'm going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. And if it needs action taken, we're going to take that action. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, this is home. You know, when it's your place, you feel a sense of pride, a sense of ownership, a feeling that you need to protect it. Yeah. And I think that's it's just a part of my DNA. I feel that the Lord put me here to make sure Hope Village is protected. That's deep. That's deep. And and I love it to the fact where, you know, I've traveled, you know, at this point, I've traveled the world, definitely traveled the country. And it's unique because so many people be like, you don't want to leave Detroit. You don't want to leave Detroit. It's like, I don't know about Detroit. And as much as I do have Detroit love, it's over here. Like, I'm most at peace. Mm. I'm most settled. Like, anytime my, my anxiety raises... My daydream is to get back over here. Yes. Yes. Like to get on the street that like another person may see like the the home that they'll label as blighted or whatever, dilapidated. And it's like it's not that to me. It's like that that my babysitter stayed there. My you know, I know a lot of the stories, the backstories to these homes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm even understanding of how the homes ended up in those conditions. That they're yeah. in. So, like, it's a different, like, this is my, my like, wh- where certain people talk about, like, I center myself with meditation or whatever. Like, my meditation is just being around here. <laughs> this footprint. Yes. Clements. You yes. know what I'm saying? This footprint is where I'm most centered. I'm most comfortable. That's right. I can think and get creative the most. Like, the Kari Frazier creativity usually comes out of being on Clements. Yes. You know, and and the tough thing, and that's why I love your passion for this. And, and me and you and people may call us uh, idealistic or or, <laughs> or, or, or crazy yeah. <laughs> for thinking this way. But like I really get that center and the challenge mm. because uh, some of my fellow neighbors feel trapped over here. Some of them mm. I, I do recognize. That, yes. You know, and they don't look at it the same. But we keep pouring in, you know, what Bonnie and Ricky do with Friends for Life. Yeah. They're keeping pouring in, bringing people back. That's right. And that's expanding. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, and so many other of the other neighbors. And as they see our energy and our spirit is definitely your spirit. Like it rubs off on others. And it's like, how are you getting that over here? Do, shouldn't you have to go to to, to Joshua's tree or. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like all these places you you read about the, the, the Great Wall of China. Right. Shouldn't you have to go to Mecca? Shouldn't you have to go to uh, Jerusalem? Shouldn't you have to go to all of these other places? It's like. Nah, man, my, my Mecca's over here. Right here on Clements. Yeah. You know, you don't need to go to Mecca. Let me take you right down the street to the James Smith Farmhouse. Yeah. The oldest house in the city of Detroit. Yeah. It's sitting on Clements. It's sitting on Clements. As people always will say, like, if you drive two blocks down, because our neighborhood is a little east-side-ish with these one-way streets. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little. It's a little. Just a but little we on the cusp. So if you drive down the street, it's a house that sits crooked. Yeah. That house... Has a heck of a story. I mean, when I was doing some research years ago, 
I was in the map room down at Detroit Public Library, and I found this old map. must have been from the 1840s. You know, it still had the fort downtown. You know, they still were doing ribbon farms, you know, off the river. But the one thing you could notice way out in the country was this little square that was turned kind of cockways. It was that James Smith farmhouse. So while, you know, mm -hmm. Chief Pontiac, you know, I mean, Native Americans, were, you know, were dealing with, you know, the colonialism of, of downtown Detroit, you know, Hope Village was, you know, we were farming over here. Mm -hmm. It's that type of history. You know, 80,000 cars shoot through our neighborhood every day going down Davidson. Yeah. Coming and going. But people don't know that there's some stories and there's some families and, I mean, decades and decades of history over here. Yeah. When you were saying about the houses on my block, I've been in every single house on mm -hmm. my block over my lifetime. And see, and, and the stories like that, when you think about a person leading a community development corporation, how many leaders of community de development corporations can say something like, I've been in the houses on blocks? Yeah. And like when he, when he says into, then it like you know has some water, know the family, yes. not like in like you know we're not uh, at at this point at least we're not doing. But that may be a project we do. We don't do like home tours like a, a Sherwood Forest or a, a Rosedale Park or a Boston Edison. But maybe that may be something that we start doing. That is something we can do. Yeah. Because when the Jewish community built these homes, they're built to a level of quality. And a level of sturdiness that you're not going to find in too many areas of the city. Mm -hmm. In most of these homes, if you notice, as soon as you walk in the front door, there's a small metal something. It looks like a blister. Most of us have painted over it a dozen times. But I asked my mother, I said, what, what is that little blister on the wall? And why don't we just take it off? And she, she chastised me. Like, don't you ever touch that. And I'm like, you know, Mom, what's up? And she said, when the Jewish people built these homes, they had the rabbis come by and bless every single house. And underneath those little metal blisters is a little scroll of paper. In Hebrew, it's a prayer and a blessing on these houses. Mm. This soil, this space that we in, man, to me, this is holy land to me. That's deep. Like you say, you feel your peace. Mm -hmm. I'm always at peace here. Mm -hmm. I will tell anybody, I feel I'm in the safest community anywhere in Detroit. I've lived here over 50 years, and I've never had a burglary. Mm -hmm. I spent one summer down on the campus of Wayne State and had two cars stolen and my room broken wow. into. Yeah. So, so much for Midtown. I'm sorry. Hilarious. No shade. Hilarious. But see, I love my community. Mm -hmm. Because of those type of nuances. Yeah, we might not be glitzy and shiny, but sometimes the stuff I used to do didn't need to be in the light. So, you know, I yeah, appreciated some of the darkness. So, uh -huh. yeah, that's what just makes this space so marvelous, my that's brother. That's deep. And, and, and I like that. And, and, and in that, uh, yes, this was, you know, when I've had many guests come, um, you know, especially a lot of the Jewish guests, they really embrace the tour because sometimes they'll mm. walk through the house and they'll look at like the pantries here and things mm. like that. They're mm. like, my grandma's house was just like, like it brings up memories. Yeah. Like even the, 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 the style of wood in this home, like it's, mm. it's so 
it's so unique their response because like my my grandfather in um world war ii veteran like his his whole process of getting this and my grandfather john brown hustle Mm -hmm. so like his his way and one of the few that really finagled Mm -hmm. his uh you know he he got his gi bill it took it took like hell and he took even like a portion of like someone else's and everything like that, mm-hmm. and rented out the basement to him, and you know even those old school fire escape doors that still oh, exist in the oh basement. Yeah. Like it's it's certain things about this uh, about this home and knowing my family story. But yeah. then when others come in and have been in communities like this and be like, yeah, you know, my family was here, my family was there, like all of that. You know, a lot That's of people right. don't know the the Davis family, Don Davis and them. Grew up right there around the corner on Grand. It was my aunt that was like, yeah, I was in school with them. You know what right. I'm saying? It was like, yeah. wow, that's that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did not even know that they're still, like, technically in this footprint. And so many others, like, yes. I, it's, a, it's a richness that does exist in this. So as you get this story out, and that's what Detroit is different. Mm-hmm. It's definitely about storytelling. Yeah. What do you think will be the story that... Um, What's the story that needs to change? That's one. Mm-hmm. And then two, as that story changes, what do you see the story that will begin to resonate about this community? Yeah, I think the story that needs to change is this, I'll call it this this resurrection tale that you've been hearing about Detroit for the past five or six years that, you know, uh, Detroit was here, we went bankrupt, and then, oh, White folks showed up, and now Detroit is a brand new place on its way to bigger and better things. And that doesn't begin to capture the layers of complexity that goes into a city like Detroit. Mm -hmm. We've always dealt with racial tension. Mm -hmm. There's always been a pressure because this was a place that attracted people because of opportunity that it provided. Yes. And so we've always been a place that welcomed the newcomer, seeking that opportunity. Sometimes we welcomed them nicely. Other times we didn't. As your grandfather, as my father and relatives had to find their way into this community, which was not easy. Mm -hmm. Lord knows it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. But they got here. And when I look back, I can remember the last white person leaving my community back in the 70s. Mm. But I remember the pride that the men on the block had when they left for work in the morning. Mm-hmm. I remember the pride us kids had playing with one another because it was a different type of family community structure here. Some of them houses I went in, I didn't just play a get drink of water. I got my behind beating some of them houses. Well, that's a, because that's the other side of community. Yeah, because <laughs> every person had that right to chastise you. I want us to change this story in Detroit that there was nothing here before the bankruptcy or it was only bad things before the bankruptcy. It's like Detroit popped up, 67 riot, bankruptcy. Now everything is sweet. No, no. This is a place that's been about struggle, hard work, perseverance, and overcoming This place, this Hope Village, this Detroit, this place, at its core, it's about the people. Mm -hmm. 
going back thousands of years, people chose this place because it was special. It's on the straits of the Great Lakes. You can cross over here. That's why the Native Americans settled here. Mm-hmm. It was a crossroads. Uh, we call it the Midwest now, but it was the crossroads. And when the colonialists noticed it, discovered it, stumbled upon it, they saw the, just the natural beauty and benefit of this place. And that continued on through the North, the great migrations. Black folks, our ancestors moved up here and experienced a quality of life that was probably unheard of for black people in America. I got relatives in South Carolina and Alabama who still talk about Detroit like y'all black folks got it going on in Detroit with your big Cadillacs and your big houses. Mm -hmm. We were the standard bearer for black folks. Yeah, but people reference uh, Spike Lee's school days (laughs) and the exchange between (laughs) Big Brother Almighty and Dap. (laughs) And that, that exchange... On a HBCU campus was happening definitely through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's you know? right. That's right. And, and that struggle continues today. Because fast forward to this 21st century, we're dealing with a new age, this technology age. Yeah. Where so many folks, especially folks that look like us, are being left behind. Yeah. Systematically because we just don't have access to it. Yeah. But once again, I'm so glad we have in this moment right now. Detroit is different. You're changing that paradigm. We're bringing the future to Hope Village. Mm. We're advocating against this digital redlining bullshit Mm -hmm. where why poor communities, poor black communities, don't have the access to the Internet bandwidth that these other communities have. And we're still paying the same amount of money for it. Definitely. That's the kind of stuff we're going to challenge head on and change it. I'm with it. Why can't our community have the fastest internet in the country? Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why can't our brothers and sisters run those cables down the alley in the people's homes? Why can't we own that internet service provider for our community? Yeah. Why can't we benefit from the advertising that's being sold? This is the new story that we're going to tell about Detroit. Yeah, we're still at crossroads. We're still where people meet, people want to come, and people want to be. But this new Detroit story that we're telling Hope Village, we're going to be the place where people said, wow, those black people over there got this stuff figured out. They took what they had, shaped it, molded it, and made it this thing that is going to blow people's minds. It's not about me. It's not about my kids. It's my grandkids I'm thinking about. They're going to look back and say, you know, Grandpa, you know you was talking all that mess, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we got this 10G internet over here in Hope Village. You know, you know, I'm, you know I'm, 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 I'm broadcasting my hologram around the world and, and entertaining folks virtually, you know, because that's what we do in Hope Village. You know, mm-hmm. we touch the world. I like it. Because we can do that. Mm-hmm. There is no limit on what we can do in Hope Village. That's what it's always taught me. Whatever you dreamed of, little Jeffrey, you can be it. And I believe that. I was foolish enough to believe that, and I'm still foolish enough to believe it right now. And that's what we're going to do, Kari. We're going to make dreams happen in this community, not just for me and you, but for everybody here. 
I'm with it. And if you want to see some dreams come true, y'all come on over here to Hope Village. We making the thing happen. Powerful. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine, my brother. All right. Peace. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.